The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Brandon Lee Gowden. What is up, BLG? I know you're in a good mood. <laughs> Stats, the Eagles have clinched the playoffs. How about that? Uh, ahead of your San Francisco 49ers, you still have not done that and aren't necessarily a guarantee to make the postseason. We'll see. We can talk about that. But yeah, uh, the first ever Week 18 in the NFL is here, uh, or at least we're ahead of it. Stats, it's about to be here. So it's a weird time, but that's what the oddcast is for. That's true. Yeah, I am a little upset. Like, the Niners made the playoffs. Uh, 17 weeks, the Niners are the sixth seed. All of a sudden, we got to play this extra game. I don't really like that. Uh, before we get rolling here, I want to remind everybody that uh, the SB Nation NFL show is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNNFL only at DraftKings. And we also want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. We always say if you take the time to leave a review, we take the time to read it on the show. Yeah, I'm a little cranky, not going to lie. 49ers should be in the playoffs. Now, all of a sudden, we got to beat the freaking Rams in week 18. That's not ideal for me, BLG, especially potentially starting a rookie quarterback. I'm I'm a little cranky today. Hmm. Well, the 49ers typically own the Rams, correct? That is true. They have beaten them five straight times, but it's hard to beat a team six straight times. It is, but maybe easier when the quarterback isn't playing well. Matthew Stafford not looking his best right now. So uh, no excuses, Stats. I mean, you said this team was going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, they're just going to waltz their way into the final game of the season. No, you didn't say that. I'm just kidding. I but, did not uh, say that. <laughs> you, did, you did have hopes for it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah, not now. If they had started Trey Lance from the beginning of the season, I said it was right. definitely possible, but we'll we'll – we can get to the 49ers later. Let's start with Monday night football. We'll start there. Then we'll talk about some of the playoff situations that are going on. And we have our MVP and LVP points of the week. So Steelers Browns Monday night football. I'm not going to lie. This game was boring and horrible to watch. The Steelers get the 26 to 14 win. Baker Mayfield just has an absolutely abysmal day. He was sacked nine times in the game BOG I feel like Ferris Bueller nine times do you get that reference or no 
nine times. I've seen the movie, but I can't remember specifically what the nine times is from. Oh, man, you're making me feel so old. So Ferris Bueller was out nine days, and the principal's telling his mom he has been Mm. out nine times. I don't remember him being sick nine times. Wake up and smell the coffee, Mrs. Bueller. Man, you're making me feel old. Well, that was a better movie than uh, the game last night was a game. So I I do know that much. Um, You know, stats, this is all about, uh, you know, the the narrative wise, obviously, it's all about, you know, it's Ben Roethlisberger's last game, Heinz Field. He wasn't even good. He was actually, in fact, very terrible. I mean, the the box score here, 24 of 46 for 123, 2.7 yards per attempt, (laughs) 2.7 yards (laughs) Per attempt, like that's bad for a running back, let alone a quarterback. One touchdown, one interception, a eleven point nine QBR, and a fifty six point three passer rating. Uh, not great. And if you include the sacks in there, you'll made one hundred and nine net passing yards. So pretty ugly. But uh, Steelers are still alive. The Steelers also clinched stats a non losing season for like, like the billionth year. <laughs> or for every year under Mike Tomlin. And, and I think dating back to 2003 is the last time they had a, a losing season. So pretty crazy on their side. Yes. The Steelers would need a win this week, a Colts loss and Raiders chargers not ending in a tie. It's not inconceivable, I guess. I mean, this has been a weird year in the NFL, but clearly they're going to need a lot of help. I mean, look, I think Ben should never have come back for this year. He did. I mean, their offense, it just looks so hard everything looks like a struggle you look at ben's passing chart after the game and like everything is five yards away from the line of scrimmage there's nothing deep he is such a shell of himself from what he used to be and i'm just gonna speak selfishly here like i don't want the steelers to get into the playoffs they are not an entertaining or fun or exciting watch the only thing that's exciting about the pittsburgh steelers is tj watt who is having one of the all-time great seasons by any defensive player, he could break the all-time single-season sack record, BLG. Which is crazy because he missed two games. And obviously, (laughs) okay, you can kind of wipe one of those out in terms of like there's an extra game this year, so some of that cancels out a little bit, but not entirely. And uh, it is wild. And uh, we'll get to him a little bit, I feel like, later in the show. A little tease, a little spoiler alert. That should be obvious. Um, But uh, to to put it back... uh, or, or to go with what you're saying, yeah, I mean, if they don't have T.J. Watt, if they don't have, you know, Najee Harris stepping up like and and piecing this together, then obviously, and then if they don't have who I think continues to cement himself as one of the better coaches in the NFL, Mike Tomlin, because because like look at the Steelers have done, you know, in in recent times with the like flat out dreck they've tried it out quarterback <laughs> between. Roethlisberger this year and, and kind of even like especially more so in the second half of last year and yeah. then before that you know the season with Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges starting like it's incredible and also I think this is a good reason why you can't always just make excuses for other teams like let's say Joe Judge just for example like, like you can be like oh he hasn't had enough talent and oh he's had to have you know trot out Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm out there at quarterback right now it's like okay no one's asking Joe Judge to win the Super Bowl this year. They're saying, like, can you at least kind of be, like, competent and, like, look, you know, not like a total disaster out there? Because that's what Mike Tomlin's kind of doing with the Steelers. So I think that's always kind of just important to put into context and uh, and show you, like, the value of a coach who can actually elevate the performance of his team. And not for nothing, 
But every single time I see the latest weird thing with Antonio Brown, I think mm. about Mike Tomlin and I think about how the hell did this guy keep keep it together with Antonio Brown for all for as many years as he did. If you go back and look at Antonio Brown's numbers, it's he's on the Jerry Rice track. Like he is putting up a stretch that almost nobody puts up in the NFL. And when you consider what just how unpredictable he is, it's amazing that Mike Tomlin was able to get as much out of Antonio Brown as he did. So I agree. He deserves a ton of credit. Um, before we move off of this game, we should get to it from the Browns perspective. I mean, can, can we let Baker Mayfield be here? like someone needs to protect Baker Mayfield from himself? Nine sacks. He's finally now starting to say like, hey, maybe I'll get the surgery and I won't play week 18. Like, yeah, great, Baker. You're like seven weeks too late with this thing. I mean, it was just bad from the start this year. Just was not the Browns year. And they still have a long way to go before we sort of think of them as this perennial contender, perennial playoff type team. It's disappointing because I thought they looked, in theory, like ready to, to break through. I, I, I kind of bought in. You know, you have Kevin Stefanski. I was never a Baker guy, but I'm like, okay, between the head coach and the defense having a lot of talent, um, I, Baker just has to be kind of, you know, good or fine for this team to be at least a playoff team again, and maybe he can get better and outperform expectations. My question for you, Stats, is Baker back with the Browns next year, and should he be? I think he'll be back. Um, I don't think they're going to give him a massive deal, though. Like, they picked up his option, right? Hmm. I believe they did. So, yeah, I don't think – I mean, I, I think it's clear. You can't give him $35, $40 million a season. You just can't. Um, but the frustrating thing is, like, it's not like the talent isn't there. We've seen this guy come in, play fewer than – fewer games than a full season his rookie year and at the time set the rookie record for touchdown passes in a season so like the talent is there but that's not everything something is missing is it is it health is it is it good coaching i don't know what it is but whatever he needed to continue that kind of guy he doesn't have anymore I think you have to explore quarterback avenues, though. I mean, like, so you can trade him uh, to clear the $18.9 million you're going to owe to him next year. I don't know who's taking on that contract, but maybe maybe there's a, a suitor out there. Like, let's say, you know, Denver kind of strikes out on their options or, hey, you know who likes really bad quarterbacks and to overpay for them? Matt Rule, step on down. Uh, in, <laughs> new Carolina Panthers starting quarterback is – Baker Mayfield, there you go. I solved it for you, Caroline. You're all you're, you're totally happy now. It's it's totally not just Sam Darnold Redux, but maybe a little better. Um, so I feel like there could be some spots. Uh, I feel like you have to make a run for Aaron Rodgers, obviously, which is you know who knows if that's attainable. But Russell Wilson or you know something, you have to do something. I, I just don't think you can run it back with Baker and think, well, we just got to get him healthier and that's going to fix everything. Uh, like injuries are part of the equation here. I don't think you can just chalk that up to pure bad luck. And, you know, there's been inconsistency here, even when he has been healthy. So I don't know. I just feel like this, the, the Brown ceiling is capped when May Baker Mayfield is here. And I feel like they, they kind of have um, some good things going for them in that front office. And I feel like they're not, they shouldn't be dumb about this. Like I, I, <laughs> I expect more of them uh, to, to realize this and, and be creative and find an exit strategy or something, or at least, I feel like they at least have to hedge. I don't know. Like you're just going to bring, you know, Baker Mayfield and Case Keenan back again. Like, like where's the fallback plan? 
Um, so that's something I kind of worry about for Cleveland. Okay, I'm going to make you the Cleveland Browns here, and I'm going to be Aaron Rodgers. And I'm going to say, okay, Andrew Barry, sell me. Why should I go to Cleveland? Well, um, I don't think anyone has convinced anyone in the history of the universe to go to Cleveland. Uh-huh. Right. It's not. A, that's what I mean. Like, it's not. A, I put you in a tough spot. I agree. Uh, I would say, you know, like the defense, you know, we have things going for us on defense. You don't have to worry about that. That side of the ball is solid. We have some good pass rushers. Uh, there's good young talent there. The defensive backs are pretty good. Um, you have a running game to help support you with Nick Chubb, who is arguably the best running back in the NFL. You know, I wouldn't put him there with the season that Jonathan Taylor is having. And obviously Derrick Henry is sure. in the equation, but he's top three at the very worst. Um you have some receiving talent to work with here. It's not like the cupboard is totally barren. Um, I don't know. I, I don't think, I think it's tough. It's not going to happen. And I think just from a historic, a historical uh, vantage point too, like, does that do anything for Aaron Rodgers? Like going to the Browns, you know, like going to the Steelers is different. You know what I mean? Like the, the allure of that and, or even going to the Broncos. I just feel like those are different kind of cultures, obviously than joining the team that is known most for losing. Yeah, that's uh <laughs> it's a tough sell. Um, does maybe Devontae Adams go with him? That's another thing that's going to be like, Ooh. there's a lot of unknowns there with Green Bay in that situation. Um, so we'll have to see. But I, I, I agree that I think it's clear that Baker is not the long-term guy. But if for some reason you could sign Baker for a contract that wasn't, you know, top of the market level quarterback, like if you could sign Baker for like $20 million a year, as opposed to 35 or 40, which is, you know, Dax is in that area. I maybe think about it. I maybe think about it. No, you can't do it, Sets. <laughs> I don't, Under I don't think no you can circumstances. Do it. No. So is Baker a starter in the league? <sighs> Forever? <laughs> no. Um, Next year. Again. If he's not in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get you. I was, I was being really bad at uh, answering the question. Uh, yeah, I feel like, again, there has to be a spot for him because there's teams that do stupid things for quarterbacks all the time. That's why I brought up Carolina. Like, right. I feel like you can find some someone who's desperate or like, you know, again, let's say like the Saints. What if they just kind of strike out on everything and they can't add anyone? Are they going to you know run it back with what they have with like Jameis again? Or would you at least want to put Baker in the mix there to see like, OK, can we get more out of him? You know, there's always going to be someone willing to take. Uh, a chance on the number one overall pick in the draft. Um, But I just, I can't, I just don't feel like the arrow is pointing up here. I just don't think we've seen enough ever at any point to really feel like super confident in that. Again, even when they were at their best last year, they were doing some nice things, but like, did, did anyone for like a sustained period of time outside of Cleveland, like really just be like, I believe in Baker Mayfield. Did anyone feel that way? No, I don't think so. I think you're right. Um, The other thing is there's this whole other side to this, which is like Baker was the guy that got you back to the playoffs, right? He was the guy. And if you get rid of Baker next year and you struggle, the fans are going to go nuts because they're going to say, look, Baker took us to the playoffs in 2021. He was horribly injured. He played the whole year with a torn labrum. And then you got rid of this guy. And now you're giving us what, you know, now we're back to the bad old days type of thing. So I think there is sort of that mixed in here, which, you know, I think that's a, it's a factor. It's not the biggest factor, but it's part of it. Yeah. I think part of the problem is like, you can't be plan a to me. And I've kind of said this about Jalen hurts with the Eagles as well. You can't be like, well, we're just going to go back 
into the season with this, and we're not even going to explore, you know, those other options. And it could very well work out that those other options don't shake out Mm -hmm. and you come back to the table with what you have. And I just don't love that as a theory. It's like, okay, we're just going to settle at the most important position. Like we're just, (laughs) you know, that's going to be fine. We're just, just run it back with what we have. Um, but it might be the best option, even though in a vacuum, like it's not ideal. Right. What Jalen Hurts, I think, allows the Eagles to do, and maybe you could argue this with Baker, but I think more with Hurts. You don't have to be desperate if you're the Eagles. You don't have to make a bad right. deal to get to Sean Watson or Aaron Rodgers or whoever. You can say, look, if we have to go into the season with this guy, we will. But if we get a deal that works, we can make it. And that's a nice position to be in if you're Philadelphia. Uh, it is and it isn't. I mean, it, the nicer position is to have someone you feel like great about and, are, and aren't even looking at quarterback options at all, um, obviously. Um, but yeah, it could be worse. And I, and I wasn't bringing this up, by the way, to slander Jalen Hurts. So I think he had a really good game against Washington, but that's uh, neither here nor there for what we're talking about on the whole. All right. Well, I think that's everything from the Monday Night Football perspective. So like we said, Steelers still alive. Brown's kind of going back to the drawing board a little bit. I'm just happy that we're going to get to a point where we don't have to watch games like this in primetime anymore because we're going to have playoff games or or at least next week, you know, games and clinching scenarios that matter. And that's what I'm here for. So amen to that. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get to some of the other teams on the bubble in the playoff picture and we'll give out our MVP and LVP points too. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are back here on the Off Day Debrief, part of the SB Nation NFL show. All right, BLG, one week left to go. We've got, it's really interesting. There aren't that many actual playoff spots up for grabs, but a lot of the seating is up for grabs. There could be a significant amount of movement just based on this one week of games coming up. Yeah, I mean, especially in the NFC, I mean, all but one team in, in terms of who's outside of the playoff picture, like the Saints are the only team not currently in the NFC playoff picture that is alive. All the other teams, including your boy, Kirk Cousins, and RJ's yeah. boy, Kirk Cousins, who RJ, I, I will slander RJ more for this than you stats because he was the one on the look ahead who was like, Kirk Cousins is going to come through and make sure the Eagles don't even make the playoffs. And then BLG is going to have to eat crow. Nope. Uh, didn't happen. was never going to happen. Uh, but yeah, then flipping it back over to the AFC, uh, a lot of interesting outcomes in terms of those final 
two spots there for the wild card because obviously the Patriots have locked up a playoff berth and so have the Bills. We don't know who's going to win the AFC East yet, but one of those two teams will and will be, and the other one will be a wild card team. But uh, it's interesting, especially, you know, I think you to start with the Colts here, stats because they should have had this locked up by now. I mean, <laughs> they should have been able to beat the Raiders, right? Like, for them to not get that win and to, 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 to like lock it up and clinch it and to have to now go beat the Jaguars who in theory, you know, it's the Jags and they're pretty terrible and they just got blown out by what, like 40 points by new England. Yes. But let me tell you this stats. Frank Reich has never swept the Jags in his time Ooh. with the Colts since 2018. So maybe that'll change this year. Again, the Jags are entirely beatable. I think anyone would recognize that, but it's a division game. It's week 18. We're, it's in Jacksonville. You know, something weird could happen. Carson Wentz is not playing his best, especially coming off of, and by the way, didn't that aid so well last week? Like I said this before yes. we even, the news even came out. Cause I was like, you kind of have to wonder if Carson Wentz, uh, and all of his offensive linemen and everything getting COVID could be potentially related to him. And sure enough, he gets it. And then he's, you know, he he obviously was able to come back in time for the game because the NFL changed their policy midweek. That's a whole nother thing. Um, but, you know, if Carson Wentz doesn't come through in the clutch here and the Colts somehow find a way to lose to the Jags, they can still get in. It's not necessarily definitely over at that point. But man. I mean, to go into the playoffs like that with a couple losses and to, to kind of only get in because you backed in and you got some help, uh, not great. First of all, if you lose to the Jags, it should be a rule. You can't make the playoffs, so forget <laughs> yes. that. But the problem with the Colts is that Car- they just didn't handle their business last week, right? Like you said, Carson Wentz is not a handle-your-business quarterback. He is a quarterback that has the potential to cause you to lose every single week so even if the colts get in you always talk about the ceilings but like even if the colts get in as good as jonathan taylor is his best function in that offense is essentially to take the ball out of carson wentz's hands like that you can't win like that and trust me i know this i root for a team that has a quarterback like that when you have to hide your quarterback you cannot win and i give the colts credit because i feel like there aren't a ton of offensive weapons uh, and they still have a decent offense, but I think more so that's Jonathan Taylor. There is nothing about Carson Wentz that I like or that I have any faith in whatsoever. Mm, says the guy who said I wasn't giving him enough credit last week. Uh, <laughs> I think it's important too here, Seth, though, when you look at like the seeding outcomes and currently, uh, you know, if let's say the Colts had one there, and again, why that loss is such a big deal, they're the number five seed and they're good in good position to get that. And that would mean they're probably playing either the Bills or the Patriots, whoever wins the AFC East. And guess what? The Colts beat those teams this year. So not to say like it's definitely going to happen again, but like, you know, you have some level of confidence that, okay, we can beat these teams again, as opposed to, okay, now in the sixth spot, they're currently set to face the Bengals who are getting red hot and looking like a team that you don't want to go play in Cincy right now. Um, and, and like asking Carson Wentz to match the production that Joe Burrow is putting out there. So uh, it's a big deal. Like even if they still make it in and by the way, um, you know, if they didn't, lose they could have maybe rested some of their starters in week 18 and kind of given themselves like a fake little buy here going into the postseason now they can't do that they have to go all out just to beat a, a bad jags team to, to get in so i kind of think you look at them because 
like everyone was talking about them and I was thinking about them. Okay, this team could get in as a wild card and kind of make some noise in the postseason. But, you know, that loss, like, that's, that's pretty damaging. And also, obviously, the Titans were pretty happy to see that because that helped them officially lock up the AFC South. And they might, as we talked about last week's stats, which I feel like wasn't getting talked about enough because people didn't, like, take the Titans seriously. And I understand where that comes from. But the Titans might freaking just, you know, all they have to do is beat the Texans to, to win the number one seed. Which is wild. If you think about it, if you go right now, you can look at the week 18 power rankings on bleedinggreennation.com. And I look and I see the Tennessee Titans are number five in your rankings and they are potentially the number one seed in the conference. I can't remember a number one seed in the conference. First of all, having as many losses as the Titans do. And second of all, when have we said pretty confidently that we think there are four other teams better than a number one seed in the conference? That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I was tempted to put the Bengals ahead of them too in my power rankings. I, get I had it. the Bengals right. Yeah, I mean, because like, how many teams are better than the Titans in the AFC that you could you could make the case for? You could make the case for the Chiefs. I know the Chiefs lost to the Titans, but I think if that game you know was played again soon, that would it would be a lot more competitive than it was last time when the Chiefs were kind of like at their nadir, if you will. Um, <laughs> The Bengals, I think you could put ahead of them. Okay, I, I can't definitely put the Bills ahead of them uh, or the Patriots, although the Patriots did kind of beat up on them. Um, so it might just be two, but still, again, that's kind of funny to say about the team that could be the number one seed very well, realistically, could be the number one seed. And like, no one is thinking the Titans are going to win the Super Bowl if they get the number one seed, right? Like, no one is like seriously, again, outside of Tennessee and our, our diehard uh, Titans fans here, like, no one is like, yeah, we're really worried about them. I think it's just it's it's like a bigger deal that the Chiefs didn't get it as opposed to the Titans actually getting it. And if you're a Tennessee fan, what you're, you know, kind of looking at is Derrick Henry can return to practice this mm. week. So it's like, you know, Derrick Henry goes down and we all kind of thought like, well, that's the end of the Titans. And look, they're thriving like we talked about. Obviously, they could be the potential seed in the number 1 seed in the AFC and like Let's give Mike Vrabel a little credit here, right? Mm. Before he got there, they made the playoffs once in nine years. And now they've had four straight winning seasons, three straight trips to the playoffs, and two straight division titles. Like, damn, man, Mike Vrabel, give him a little bit of love. We've always been, I think, a pro Mike Vrabel podcast. So I think that's aged well here for us. Um, that being and and like, so I think the Titans can win a game or two in the playoffs too, in part because of him. I'm not going to say like they're the number one seed. They're a total joke. They're going to get blown out in the first round. I think they have a win or two in them because they can be pretty tough. But again, ceiling, I just, I don't think they're winning a championship here. I don't think they're going the distance with what they have. Although, you know, the one seed is a pretty nice leg up for them to have. Um, and they will get stats the number, uh, well, the lowest remaining seed once they do come back from right. their bye and that could be a number of teams because currently uh, in the seven hole, the Los Angeles Chargers ahead of the, the Raiders, who they will be playing this week for a win and in game unless they tie. And then they're both in. I know you want to talk about that. And then the Steelers <laughs> are still hanging around. As you mentioned, they would need some help, but they're still alive. And so are the, the Ravens who really need a lot of help and, and probably not looking like their year to get in. Um, but crazier things have happened. Um, I guess, who do you feel is the most frisky team from that group of AF, like the number seven seed hopefuls? 
It's definitely not the Raiders. Like, like we kind of talked about with the Steelers, like the Raiders just give them credit because they fought hard and they won that game last week. And God knows they've been through a ridiculous season, but they're just not, the Raiders are not winning a Super Bowl. They're not. It, I just no. Like Derek Carr, I, I don't want to watch Derek Carr again. I'm sorry. I just don't. Um, I want to say the Chargers, but like every time I say something good about the Chargers, they do something stupid the next week and make me look like an idiot. And we have been the Chargers show of record. We have been so high on them, so high on Justin Herbert. Like, I think that the Chargers will win this week. But I wouldn't be shocked at all if they laid if they just laid a giant egg on Sunday Night Football, too. That's sort of where I am with them. And I want to see them get in the playoffs because I, I think they are exciting and interesting and fun. But I'm, I'm kind of burned by them a little bit this year. I think the Chargers aren't going to win the Super Bowl. I think they could win the Super Bowl from a standpoint of, like, their ceiling is super. You understand what I'm saying there? Like, does that sure. sound crazy? Like, their ceiling is Super Bowl winners. Like, Obviously, they're way too inconsistent to just bank on that. But I think they like I could see a scenario where Justin Herbert goes like nuclear in the playoffs and teams can't stop him. Like I can see that scenario. I cannot see the scenario where like, I mean, I guess it would have to take Derek Carr being like Joe Flacco, basically, and going on that kind of run. And even then, I don't know. I mean, I think you're selling the Raiders a little bit short here from a standpoint of and and me, too, of like we're ready to be done with this team. You were going to throw them in. in uh you're, you had him in your LVP section before I convinced you to put all your points on Urban Meyer with me instead. <laughs> and that was right a before good choice fired. by you. Thank you. Another prescient moment here at the podcast. You know, just <laughs> you gotta listen to this podcast. We know what's coming down the pipeline um, one way or another. Uh, but yeah, they're here. I can't believe they're here. Like you said, after all the turmoil that they have, after it kind of looked like they were dead in the water, to be in a spot where you're in a play-in game. And it came in part because you beat a Colts team that everyone thought you were going to lose to. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they, they deserve some respect. I almost wonder, like, if they're going to stick with Rich Bisaccia, you know, as their head coach. Um, mistake. That would be a mistake. I mean, I don't know that I would do it, but I think you, again, you have to give him some credit for this team potentially getting to 10 wins in, in the season that they've had. Um, so I think the Raiders are kind of interesting to think about, but yeah, I mean, obviously I'd prefer the Chargers. Honestly, you know what? I don't need the Colts in the playoffs. I mean, obviously this is very on brand for me as someone who <laughs> has, doesn't believe in Carson Wentz anymore, once did, not anymore. But like, why not give me the Chargers and the Raiders both in the playoffs? That could be fun. And I know you want to see it happening by them kneeling all game long and tying. That would just be so. Here's the situation. If the Colts lose to the Jags, the Raiders and Chargers would both get in with a tie. So essentially, there's no point. Like they could just kneel down for the entire game in that scenario and they both make the playoffs. I would love to see that. It's never going to happen. I get it. But I would love it because Roger Goodell would lose his mind. All the gambling websites would freak out. Like it, it would just be chaos. I like chaos in sports, not in life, but in sports. I love it. And I just think that'd be something really cool. The two teams being like, how about instead of bashing our heads together for an hour, we both get a bye week. We both get in the playoffs and we'll get out of here in an hour. Like that'd be fantastic. Can you imagine the red zone updates with Scott Hansen? Let's go now to the chargers and the Raiders and Justin Herbert with his eighth straight kneel. Like all the stats from the game would be rushing attempts by quarterbacks for like negative 50 yards. Fans are like booing the whole time, right? Because right. Like, they like, you don't even have time to eat your popcorn. Game's over. 
they paid hundreds of dollars to, to come watch this thousands of dollars even whatever um yeah i i feel like maybe if al davis was still alive there's a non-zero <laughs> chance that could happen just because That's like he true. he just would love to stick it to Goodell in the nfl i feel like in my mind i can envision that um sadly not uh i was thinking like you know if the eagles were in the situation would they maybe do it probably not but i would like it in uh my fan fiction version of them getting back to the nfl for moving that game to tuesday <laughs> for no good reason they're like you know what you're gonna move our game to tuesday and then move this game to saturday which actually helps the eagles this weekend but it does not help me which is most important and what people right. really care about um so that's a big factor but yeah not gonna happen um unfortunately but it, it is interesting and i like not gonna happen in part i feel like just because why would the raiders want to see the chargers get in and vice versa you know like i think there's you want to eliminate your division opponent and get in. I don't. I don't think you're. You just want to be like, oh, we're just going to play not to lose and both get in. Like I, I don't see that. I do wonder if Al Davis was alive. I bet you he at least discusses it. I think he at <laughs> least makes a phone call, being like, hey, what you know? Why don't we do this here? Let's do that. We'll kneel down. Everybody gets out of here. I don't know. It would be fun. It would be chaos. But like you said, it's it's never going to happen. It's a pipe dream. Um, is there anything else about the AFC? Let, let me talk about Joe Burrow for a minute here. Mm. This is clearly, he is playing at a level that is just absolutely incredible. He's thrown for more yards over the last two games than any quarterback has ever thrown for in a two-game span in the history of the NFL. How long do you think he can keep this up? And if he can't, like, does he have to play at this level to give the Bengals a shot? So last week, everyone was like, well, Joe Burrow had these big numbers, but it was only against the Ravens. And, you know, they're missing a billion defensive backs and they're just not any good. Still 500 yards, which is crazy. This week against the Chiefs, I know the Chiefs secondary, like this year as a whole, hasn't been on fire. Um, they've been they've been burnt a lot, but they're not <laughs> the strongest unit. Uh, but recently, what have we all been talking about? Chiefs defense playing a lot better. And he goes out and he torches them. And it's not like... A lot of people were expecting the Bengals to win this game, to be clear. So I don't want to hear like, oh, well, that's what he should have done. I didn't see people saying that. I, th I saw people, you know, seeing the Chiefs as heavy favorites and on their way to getting the number one seed in the AFC playoff picture. So, man, I was looking at through our MVP, LVP, you know, points for the season stats and something I've like thought throughout. Like, we've given a decent amount to Joe Burrow here for the MVP. Like, he's not... He's probably not going to win it. It's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers, especially at this point. But he's 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 there. Like he's in that. He should be in that conversation, especially the way he's finishing. I mean, it's crazy. It shouldn't be like just un, like unthinkable because he was the number one overall pick. But I think uh, the Bengals are a team where their fans should be really happy and in a spot where they can dunk on people. Where you know, because like you, me, were like back in training camp we're like Joe Burrow's not looking good in camp all these reports are coming out Jamar Chase is complaining about the stripes on the football he's not going to be any good or whatever <laughs> bust and they've come out and they've taken the league by storm and it feels real it doesn't feel like this is a flash in the pan to me um it feels like this is the next great era of like Bengals I don't even know if there has been a great era <laughs> or at least a the great, one with yeah this, let's yeah this, you know, this is this is a this is a new great era I will say uh, for the Bengals and Joe Burrow is at the helm of it and it feels real. And I think it's evolved past the point of house money. Like you've been saying for them all year, like at this point, you're the AFC North champions. You might be the best team in your conference because again, 
Titans. We're not all believing them. And you just beat the Chiefs. So why not you? Here is the thing with the Bengals. What I love is Burrow is the kind of guy he's got a little. I don't know what the exact term, a little fu in him. Go Swagger. back and watch that game. Swagger. He was like, you know what? They can't stop Jamar Chase. I'm just going to throw it up to him every single time, essentially. And he, I'm going to have faith in him to come down with it. And maybe it's, you know, part of the chemistry they have because they played together in college. I don't know. But I just love that he was like, this is working. They can't stop it. Do it every single time. It kind of reminded me like of an NBA game when somebody gets hot and you just keep feeding him. And that's what Burrow did. And it worked out great for him. And I just love that he continued to press until it hurts. I think he locked up the comeback player of the year award. I was pulling hard for Nick Bosa, but Joe Burrow is a quarterback and it, quarterbacks win most of the awards in the NFL. And you're right. Like the Bengals right now look absolutely fantastic. My 49ers, I think, look better for beating them earlier in the year. Just want to point that out. You have Cincinnati at number six in your power rankings, one spot below the Titans. Yeah, like even though the Titans are probably going to be the number one seed, like I don't see a huge difference between them and Cincinnati. I toyed with putting Cincy all the way at number two ahead of the Chiefs. Wow. Who I have currently at number two. Um, so for context, again, I don't know if you just said it there, but the Bengals were 10th. I had him last week. So, you know, there's obviously some recency bias, bias uh, factored in here, but that matters. I mean, the playoffs are coming now. Like, it doesn't matter as much necessarily what you may have done or have not done. Does it matter as much that Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, had a terrible game in week one? Does it, like does that matter a ton right now as he's going into the postseason? I don't, I don't think right. so. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the Bengals are in a really good spot. You know, I the, the one thing I will – go back to as i always say and have said with you and was i was skeptical about you know the 49ers making a run even if they did have trey lance all season is the first year playoff quarterback typically it's just not a good track record doesn't mean it you know can't happen but just when you look at the you know the odds are against the Bengals in that sense so if Jero can if joe burrow can i called him Jero. if joe burrow can overcome that well then man that's even that more impressive that is a good point and maybe he can we don't know um, but it's going to be fun to see. Like, there's a lot of fun teams in the AFC. Let's flip it over to the NFC now. Five, or actually six of the seven teams have clinched a playoff spot. Like you said, it's the Niners and the Saints competing for that final spot. If the Niners beat the Rams in Week 18, they are in regardless of what happens with the Saints. If the Saints and the 49ers end up tied, the 49ers will lose that tie and miss the playoffs. Let me ask you, Niners tied with the same need... record, to be clear here, too, right? right? Not an actual like tie in a game. Well, yeah. Correct. Yes, tied with the same record. Let me ask you, because the 49ers are going into this week. They absolutely need to win against the Rams. There's a quarterback question with Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance. Who do you start <laughs> in week 18? I mean, it's tough because it's tough from a standpoint of it's hard not to think about what you talked about in terms of it should have been Trey Lance, you know, a lot earlier than this. I just think he doesn't necessarily give you the best chance to win. I think a healthy Jimmy Garoppolo gives you a better chance to win, like even if marginally right now this week. But I just don't think that's necessarily worth it or it's that much bigger. My point here is like, I don't think Jimmy G is good. Obviously, I'm not I'm not defending <laughs> him at all. I'm just saying I think clearly Trey Lance needs some time to grow and he should have had it during the season. And it's again, it's too late now, whatever. Um, so I would go with Trey Lance. But I am not like 
feeling amazing about him coming through for me and and not really feeling amazing about uh, the 49ers outlook going into the playoffs, especially just citing that sort of that that stat about these first time quarterbacks, let alone one who is like barely even played in the NFL. In five career starts against the Rams, Jimmy Garoppolo's five and zero with an average of twenty eight point six points per game scored. Now, is that all due to him? No, but I could see the temptation from Kyle Shanahan to want to go with Jimmy. But here's the thing: I keep coming back to. Let's say the 49ers lose this game. Can you swallow for an entire offseason saying, I started a lame duck quarterback that we know is not going to be here with a non-functioning throwing hand over the guy we moved heaven and earth to trade up for in the draft and take third overall? Like, I can't sit with that for a whole year. If I'm the 49ers, I go down swinging. I go down with with my guy that I invested in and is going to be the future of the franchise. You know, Trey Lance completed six passes in the second half last week. All six went for either a first down or a touchdown. So I know it's, it was helter skelter and it was choppy, but he is giving them the big plays that they were hoping for when they drafted him. And I think you might have to make a few of those against the Rams. If you're going to pull this thing out. Yeah. And then you're getting to see, you know, Trey Lance in a pressure cooker situation. So I think yes. there's absolutely unequivocally like more value in terms of long-term and playing uh, Trey Lance in the scheme and starting him. Um, yeah, we made the decision. Kyle, listen to the podcast. I know you do. Uh, just do listen right to us thing. once. And like, let's be realistic here. The 49ers are a more fun team in the playoffs than the Saints. Like, do you really want to see Taysom Hill in the playoffs? Really? No. The, the Saints are a nice story in that, again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier with the Steelers about, like, for a team that really hasn't had a quarterback, uh, to be able to get to this point absolutely deserves, like, some level of recognition, especially the coaching staff. And you have to contrast that with these teams, again, like the Giants, and like who've been in these way worse situations, because it could have been that bad if they didn't have that really good head coach. And so we're giving Sean Payton some flowers here. We don't love to do that in a vacuum but he deserves some credit for for getting his team to week week 18 and having a chance to make the playoffs again with no quarterback and not only no quarterback going into the season but then guys getting hurt along the way um so even worse uh now again you can kind of question what was being done here from a personnel standpoint but from a coaching standpoint i think you know they've done a very respectable job and yet no one no one needs to see i've said this like a billion times in the podcast today already but I keep saying, like, outside of Cleveland, outside of Tennessee, outside of New Orleans, no one needs to see uh, the Saints interesting about in the them. playoffs. No, like, totally yeah, what are we gonna like? What are we gonna learn about them? Like, okay, <laughs> can they win a playoff game without a quarterback? Okay, that could be maybe fun at most for one game, like the very most, and even then, not really. Yeah, I don't see the Saints going on the road for all those games. Getting like, no, it's just not going to happen. Last thing before we get to our MVP LVP points. Arizona Cardinals, they were in a bit of a slide and they got a nice win this week over the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. You have them at 10th in your power rankings up from 11th. Do you feel better now about Arizona because they handled the Cowboys? Well, didn't you see all the Cowboys players and Mike McCarthy and everyone saying that? Uh, well, they had to play the refs, too. So the Cardinals win actually isn't that impressive because Mike it was the McCarthy, refs. man, your team comes out <laughs> flat in a big game. Who would have thunk it? Mike McCarthy, by the way, who apparently is planning to play the Cowboys starters in week 18, even though they like in theory, there are some outcomes where they can move up and they can still get the number two seed, which has value because you get two home playoff games, assuming you win the first one. But like 
the reality is you're probably not going to get that and you probably are going to be locked into that number four spot against the Eagles team that's not going to be playing their starters. Um, Mike McCarthy showing up uh, to come through for us, the skeptics, right? McCarthy, go to McCarthy, man. That's it. Right. Like at the the crucial time too. like, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think this was a concerning loss for the Cowboys because we all thought that, hey, this is going to be like a scary team just a week ago because the offense looked like it was back. You know, they beat Washington. The defense has been playing well. And I don't think it's like a total embarrassment of a loss to Arizona. You know, like the Cardinals are not a terrible team. Like they've been sl- slipping recently, um, but they've obviously had some, you know, to get to where they have at this point, like they've done some good things, right? To get to 11 wins, they're not a joke of a team. They're not a walkover team. Um, but I just, I was surprised that the Cowboys lost this game. I, the, the line was, I believe, minus eight. Dallas favored by like that wow. much. Yeah. yeah. And for them to, to lose this game, um, I think it kind of speaks to the concerns of how Dallas plays too, in terms of when they get behind, they're not a team that comes back. They're not built to come back from behind. They're not that team. They're a team that if they get out to a lead, they're pretty dangerous and they're hard to stop at that point. But if you punch them in the mouth and you get out to that lead, well, they're pretty beatable. And for the Cardinals, they could still win the NFC West. They need to win in Week 18, and they need the Rams to lose to the 49ers. So that is the only division, I believe, that is still up for grabs is the NFC West. So we'll see how that shakes out in Week 18. How do you feel about that, by the way? Like, potentially helping – who would you rather win the uh, NFC West since – I mean, obviously, you wanted the 49ers to win. I just think that – I do. I want the 49ers to avoid the Cardinals. I've seen Kyler Murray do things against this team. Hell, Colt McCoy did things against the 49ers. Like, at least I know the 49ers have a shot against the Rams. So, anyway, the Niners could avoid the Cardinals for any length of time and maybe potentially have somebody else eliminate them. I'd be down for that. See, that's funny because I feel like if I could have my pick of any team that the Eagles will play first, it might be, it might be the Cardinals. Like, that was definitely the answer before this past week. But honestly, you know who I think it really is? I think it's the Rams. I think I would love for the Eagles to be able to play the Rams in the first round. The Rams aren't going to do anything in the playoffs. I mean, maybe they win a game. They are not going on a run. How Matthew do you Stafford. Know? Matthew Stafford has not been playing well. It, like I, I will I will eat crow if Matthew Stafford somehow like turns around these struggles and starts to light it up in the playoffs. I guess that's possible, but he hasn't been playing like that player. He's not been playing well. The Rams struggled to get by the Ravens stats who again had nobody and we're, you know, Tyler Huntley and on the road too. Like this Rams team is not it. You know, Sean McVay is going to be a coward in a big moment too. He, he always does it. So you can count on that happening. Like I, I would, I think the Rams are the biggest um, like obviously, so they're the number two seed right now. They might, you know, very well end up locking up that spot. Um, and again, maybe they win a game, but I don't know. I think I would take if like, you know, the Eagles are getting, like, let's, let's guess the line in that game, which isn't likely, by the way, the Eagles most likely opponent is the Bucks. Um, like I'm going to say Rams, maybe they're like plus five in that game. Like I, I feel good taking about the points. I would take the points in that scenario, but uh, you're right about Sean McVay. He's going to turtle yeah. up in a big spot for sure. And the playoff games come down to that stuff sometimes, making the right decision situationally. And he just, he loves to 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 kick it 
whether it's punting or field goals, like he just <laughs> loves it. I, I'll never understand it. All right, let's get to the MVP and LV point, LVP points of the week. You have two MVPs and one LVP this week. I give you first honors. Who's your first MVP? Okay, so I think this one is pretty obvious. It's Jamar Chase, who was targeted 12 times. He had 11 receptions for 266 yards, 24.2 average, by the way. He has three touchdowns, and on the season now, he is fourth in yards. As a rookie who didn't even play last year in college football, which maybe helped him, um, I think that's kind of a, a something we haven't really talked about enough. You also look at Micah Parsons playing pretty well, obviously, and could be the, so the offensive rookie of the year and the defensive rookie of the year are probably going to be guys who didn't even play college football last year. So I think that's kind of an interesting thing to think about, and uh, not not to get to like to to uh, get on the NCAA's the NCAA's bad side here, but maybe the players like should take more time off before entering the NFL. I don't know. Sorry, Kirk Herb Street. Like, did you? I don't know if you saw what he said this week about today's players don't yeah. love football. Like, how about today's players are just smarter and have more power than than players in years past? Sorry, you don't like it, but good for Jamar Chase, and clearly it's working out. He's only behind Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Devontae Adams in receiving yards this season. Think about that. Think about those names. And as a rookie, and also, hey, why not draft a wide receiver from LSU at this point? Yeah, it's an incredible lineage there for sure. And that kind of dovetails into my MVP because I'm actually giving it to Zach Taylor. I loved what Zach Taylor did at the end of that game against the Chiefs. Cincinnati gets down to the Chiefs 11-yard line with three minutes and 14 seconds left. The game is tied. It's fourth and goal with 58 seconds left at the one-yard line. And Taylor's like, forget this. We're not kicking the field goal and giving the ball back to Patrick Mahomes when all he needs is a field goal to tie and potentially a touchdown to win. So Taylor goes for it. They don't get it, but there's a penalty. And instead of saying, oh, man, we really dodged a bullet there. All right, let's shot out the field goal. We tried it. He says, no, forget that. We're going for it again. Now, there were more penalties. He didn't get it again, but there were more flags. But what it allowed him to do then is to eventually kneel down and then kick the game-winning field goal. He managed the end of that game perfectly. He could have kicked the game-winning field goal with 50 seconds left, and he didn't. And I just I love that he wasn't scared. He was aggressive. He took the game into his own hands instead of just kind of eventually sitting back and kind of hoping that Patrick Mahomes didn't beat them, and I loved it. Good for Zach Taylor. I agree with that line of thinking. Uh, Zach Taylor, another member of the everyone doubting them in the preseason. We're all talking about how he could be and should be or whatever. That first head coach fired. Instead, he goes out and he leads the Bengals to where they are right now. Still have some like questions about him. I guess I'm not like all the way in on Zach Taylor, but I think we, we do have to take somewhat of an L here and uh, we have to give him some credit. So I think that's a fair way to do it. Um, which brings me to my final MVP point stats where this was tough for me because I, I was between two people. Uh, I was actually between multiple people, but I narrowed it down to two. And one of them is TJ Watt, who we mentioned earlier, and might set the sack record, again, despite missing two games. But I was looking at the overall standings of the MVPs, LVPs, and I can't help but think big picture. You know I'm a big picture guy, stats. Anyone knows that about me. And right now, if the season were to end and we would count up the points in our standings here, Aaron Rodgers would be even. 
Like, he, because you gave him Why? two in week one, <laughs> and we've given him two. You gave him two LVPs in week one. I gave we then we since gave him one MVP each, and it just doesn't feel right, like to, to, for him to like break even and potentially be the actual MVP. So I think I have to give it to him. Uh, not that that game against the Vikings was like ever seriously in doubt, like even going into the game. And again, your boy Kirk not showing up in the biggest moment of the year was very predictable obviously it wasn't in the way that i expected in terms of him turtling up in the game but he didn't even make it to the game and that's absolutely his fault it's not like bad luck can be can be forgiven like he made a decision that made him unavailable for the most important game of the year and should absolutely be criticized for that um i would give him an lvp point i'm considering it um but uh i think it has to be rogers if tj watt breaks the sack record next week then we can give it to him i feel like then so i'm going to give it to rogers this week because presumably he's not even going to play in week 18 with the packers already locking up the number one seed so it feels right to me that aaron Rodgers, even though um not necessarily like loving all the things about him this season clearly but like you know i have to you have to respect the performance uh to some extent and i'm giving him my mvp point he i don't know how he does this he has the ability to drop back take two steps, sometimes one step, and yet still throw the ball 15 yards down the field with pinpoint accuracy. He did it against the 49ers in week three like a zillion times. He did it against the Vikings multiple times in this game. There is no defense for that. No matter how good your pass rush is, you're not getting to Aaron Rodgers in two seconds. It's just not physically possible, and he is just throwing dots all over the field. It is so disheartening for your demoralizing yeah it is it is literally demoralizing and he deserves all the credit for it and matt lafleur deserves credit matt lafleur is 39 and 9 as the packers head coach that's more wins than any head coach in his first three seasons in nfl history and oh by the way before he got there the packers were 24 23 and 1 in aaron Rodgers' last 48 starts before lafleur got there so you can't give Aaron Rodgers all the credit. That is who's the head coach for that? Uh, that would be Michael McCarthy, the current oh, okay. head coach. Oh, the Dallas Cowboys. Just throwing that out there. But you're right, Aaron Rodgers. I get it. He still it infuriates me with every week when he goes on the Pat McAfee show and just says stupid things. But as a football player, he's incredible. So I get the MVP point for you. Okay, my first LVP, and my these are obvious, but they're just so egregious that i had to do it joe judge in new york mm. like you go on this <laughs> diatribe you go out first of all the giants the giants had negative 10 net yards passing this week negative yeah. 10 i don't care what quarterback you're on first string second string third string I don't think it's a high bar to gain a passing yard in 2021. <laughs> like, sorry, you said it earlier. I know that there are circumstances, but you have to look competent. There is a minimum level of professionalism that you have to display regardless of what happens to your team. And the Giants have not been reaching it, and they haven't been reaching it for a long time. They are 10 and 22 under Joe Judge. And he makes it so much worse after the game when he gives this 11-minute answer about how the Giants actually are better than they look. And he says, this ain't no clown show organization. 
if you have to say the words, this ain't no clown show organization, guess what, Joe? It is a clown show organization, and you're the ringleader of that circus. I'm sorry. He, he's got to go, and it just looked so pathetic. I mean, his main argument in the 11-minute speech was, our guys haven't given up. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's the bare minimum that should that should be for a team in the NFL. They're getting paid millions of dollars. If your argument is, despite all my losing, this team hasn't given up, like that's not the flex you think it is. Big time loser energy there. LVP Joe Judge. I am so glad you did that because I had him down as one of my candidates, even though I only have the one point. Uh, RJ and I are going to just absolutely – Crush Joe Judge on today's <laughs> NFC mixtape, which you can listen to on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed or Bleeding Your Nation or Hogshaven or Big Blue View. Um, I just I can't get over the fact that the primary reason for the Giants in terms of like what I've seen thrown out there, and including I think from SNY, uh, not to like you know shade an outlet here, but I saw like an article from them about like acknowledging all the bad things about Joe judge, like not being like delusional about it, but saying that you still have to give them time because these things take time. No, they don't take time in the end. If turnarounds can happen extremely fast in the NFL, this isn't the NBA where like, you know, you can get stuck in a really bad spot and you're just stuck there. And obviously there are some exceptions to the rule. You know, you look at the Browns being bad for a long time and everything, but like, okay, you're becoming that exception. You're exceptionally bad. You, you, <laughs> you're, we say it all the time. They are the franchise that, ranks for the most losses in the league, worst record in the league since the beginning of 2017. It's them and the Jets. And it's just, I just don't know what you hang your hat on if you're the Giants. I don't know what you're pointing to about Joe Judge other than just saying, like, we can't have more. We need continuity. Continuity for the sake of continuity is not good continuity. Like, that doesn't get you anything. Like, let's just stick with this bad thing because then it'll be good. Like, no, I, I just don't get it. Um, I think it's pathetic. Some of the things he said in that press conference were just like straight out lies. Like who is calling him? Right. Which player is calling him and telling him that he wants to be back on the Giants, even though he got paid more? Like he's just he's just lying. He's just like a he's an obvious liar. And he said a bunch of other lies in that thing too. That like just don't even pass the sniff test like a little bit. Joe Judge is a huge loser, so he's perfect for the Giants in that regard. <laughs> um, we gave John Mara an LVP point last week. Um, because I, I do think it's not just about Joe Judge, to be clear. Um, he is certainly not part of the solution, but that whole organization is just in a really bad way. And uh, they, it's like they're finding new ways to hit new lows. So absolutely deserved LVP point. And my next LVP, and this is obvious again, uh, and maybe this sort of has other tentacles here that we can get to, but I got to give it to Antonio Brown. Like we got all over Vontae Davis when he retired at halftime. Right. But at least that was halftime. Antonio Brown retired on the sidelines during the game. And here's the other thing. Just from a purely financial standpoint, he was eight catches away from a bonus for three hundred and thirty three thousand dollars, 55 yards away from another bonus of the same amount and one receiving touchdown away from a bonus of the same amount. So that's potentially a million dollars that he is walking away from. And look, whatever he said, he was hurt. The Bucs wanted him to get back in the game. And that's a disagreement that they're going to have to work out. But like, there are other ways to handle it than to just quit and leave and, and need to get a ride to the airport from the stadium. I, I'm sorry, man. 
LVP for Antonio Brown. And you know what? LVP for the entire Bucks organization. Number one, <laughs> Bruce Arians, who said he's never going to be on our team. And then you put him on the team and you said there was zero tolerance. Then he commits a felony in faking his vaccine card. And you say, well, he's been good since he's been here, which is obviously <laughs> not true. And you keep him on the team because you need him. That's it. Not because he's been a good citizen or he's a good person, because you need him. And just flat out say it, Bruce Arians. Every coach in the NFL does the exact same thing, but don't pee on my leg and tell me it's raining. You kept him because you were desperate. And then after the game, he says, well, he's not a Buccaneer, so I'm not going to talk about it anymore. That is weak sauce. So you share in this LVP, and so do you, Tom Brady, because I don't see you bringing any receivers that suck into your house and trying to rehabilitate their image. You enabled Antonio Brown. He enabled this whole situation. Everyone wants to act like Brady's this good Samaritan. He's keeping Antonio Brown at his house because Antonio Brown, when he plays, is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. And that's the only reason I didn't see Rache Caldwell at Tom Brady's house or Jabbar mm. Gaffney at Tom Brady's house. No, it was Antonio Brown. And Brady afterwards says we have to have compassion for Antonio. Blah, 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 blah. You all share in this LVP point. I think it shows that the Buccaneers are desperate. They know they're not as good as they were last year. And when you rely on this sort of person and this sort of player, you get what you deserve. And that's all extremely well said, Steph. Uh, I had Antonio Brown as my LVP. Like, So I don't always fill these out. little peek behind the curtain. Like, necessarily during the games on Sunday. Sometimes, you know, I wait till Monday and kind of give it some time. Uh, but like, as soon as I saw, you know, that going around the first heard, they saw the clip. I was like, okay, I know who my LVP is this week. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty easy. But then as I was thinking about it, um, I do think it was important to like touch on the other things. It's not just about Antonio Brown here. It's not like it's an isolated thing and he's the only one who looks bad in this situation. And I almost didn't want to give it to him like for the sake of attention, which it seems like he wants like, I know, you know, who cares? Like, it's not like, oh, the podcast is giving him attention. It's the biggest deal in the world. <laughs> Although some would say we're the most important podcast from a national football level. Many would. So, uh, so maybe, but, um, but so I'm glad you did it. And I'm not going to double up on him because I think you, you did it well. Um, and also because I want to give my LVP point to, well, let me just, I'm going to defer to your boy here. Uh, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Uh-oh. The Vikings went 13-3 and and were one game away from the Super Bowl before Kirk Cousins arrived. Since then, they've been to the playoffs once in four seasons. They're a middle-of-the-pack franchise, seemingly satisfied to reside on the fringes of contention. And, as you like to say, Mike is right. And the Vikings are total losers who got broken by the Eagles, have never recovered from the 38-7 NFC Championship game. And it hasn't been all Kirk Cousins' fault. But he is not the worst quarterback to have, as you and RJ like to build that straw man that people we've are saying. Said. But I mean, he's not the worst. So, so let me rephrase. He's not the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. He is the worst starting quarterback to have in the NFL. There's a difference there because you're locked <laughs> yes, into mediocrity and you're paying huge money to a total loser who like I, I think he's not getting crushed enough for the fact that he was unavailable for the biggest game of the year. Again, there's a good chance the Vikings still don't win that game. But RJ took them to win when he thought Kirk Cousins was going to be available. So it wasn't like, you know, everyone was thinking it was impossible. And they beat the Packers you know, the Vikings, earlier this year. Right. So 
So maybe I don't think so personally, because I think he would have showed up small in a really big moment, but you, you didn't even give your team a chance. And that's terrible. And I think, again, he should be crushed for that. You can talk about whatever vaccine feelings on it, whatever. The, the bottom line is he was not available in a really big moment for his team. And also in a time, too, when like the NFL loosened a lot of the restrictions on these players, like Carson Wentz was able to be available. So uh, Kirk Cousins should be on the negative side of the LVPs in these standings, and he will be because I just gave him an <laughs> LVP point. I will say that I don't think what Florio's like Florio's representation there isn't totally accurate. Like the reason the Vikings got to the NFC championship game is because they completed the fluke of all flukes in the Minneapolis miracle to beat the saints. So it's not like they were some juggernaut team that was steamrolling their way through the playoffs. And then they got beat in the NFC championship game. And by the way, like you said, they didn't just get beat in the NFC championship game. They got absolutely molly whipped by the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. So it's not like they were on the precipice of greatness. Um, sometimes Mike gets a little irrational about the Vikings because he grew up a Vikings fan. So let's just keep that in mind. Um, okay. But I do think that it's fair to ding Kirk Cousins. Michael Irvin said it in the beginning of the year. You want your guys to do everything possible to make themselves as available as they can for every game. Kirk Cousins did not do that. Look, we don't know if he would have won. They be, Like we said, they beat them earlier in the year, so we know they would have had a shot but he couldn't even be out there on the field. That is fair to ding him for. I I cannot fight you on that. All I will say is, again, what RJ and I have said, which is he's not as bad as you think he is. And- okay, but but why do you want to stick your neck out for this guy? That's always been my thing. Like, Why is this the guy you because want to be like? Because he's constantly crushed, and it's just inaccurate. But he should be. I like accuracy and ob- objectivity mm. when we talk about these players and these teams, and people weren't. Because Kirk Cousins is kind of unlikable. I've called him the human sweater vest. He kind of is. <laughs> I don't even know, honestly, like if the players on his own team like him that much. You know, Stefan Diggs got frustrated with him and left town. Justin Jefferson at times has seemed frustrated with him. So maybe oh, that yeah. could, that's a thing. So, you know, there's that whole aspect of it. But we just wanted to to let people know he's not the worst. But I get the LVP point, And I, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'm not going to ding you there. The Vikings cannot move on from Kirk Cousins in terms of like if they had cut him, it'd be $45 million in dead money <laughs> and zero cap savings. And uh, now Cousins they can said, trade. Cousins said he's not what? going to rework the deal, which I don't blame him for at all. Oh, no. Yeah. No. To be clear, like I, I think Kirk deserves an MVP when it comes to like handling his business. And from a money perspective, he's played that great. He has done a great job. I will Crushed give him all the credit in the world for that perspective, not as a player. As a, as you know, as, as a uh, money maker, um, the Vikings can trade him to clear the thirty-five million in salary, and um, they would it would be ten million dollars in uh, the dead money with the bonus. Um, I just don't like who's trading for Kirk Cousins. I don't think anyone's trading for for that salary because you have to take on that salary, then you're probably have to sign him to an extension too. And he's what like I think he's seven and thirty-five against teams that finished with winning records heading into this year. I think he went two and five against those teams i think this season um like just again we talked about with baker teams get desperate and do stupid things maybe it's the panthers who (laughs) settle on Kirk cousins instead um but i just think the the salary is a big factor though again like that's that's a huge deal um whereas baker would at least be cheaper for one year so uh yeah tough spot to be in vikings fans probably gonna have a new head coach probably gonna be stuck with the quarterback you have not great and also mike zimmer why not play Kellen Mond? Like he was asked if 
Yes. Do you want to see Kellen Mond? He says, no, I see him every day. So either Kellen Mond stinks, but like Sean Mannion, that you're throw like you drafted Kellen Mond in the second round. Like throw him out there. There's literally nothing to lose. So I agree with you. I think Zimmer's probably gone after this year. You're going to have to just sacrifice a year with Kirk, unless they bench Kirk Cousins, but I don't see that happening because the owner is not going to want to pay him all that money not to play. So then you're going to have to sacrifice 2022. It is a bad place to be if you're the Minnesota Vikings, especially, you know, in a division with the Green Bay Packers. Like that, that is not ideal. And you don't see things getting a ton better next year. All right, stats. So one more week to go, and at least in the regular season for our MVP, LVP awards. We'll, we'll obviously carry this over, I think, into the playoffs. I think that's the right move. I think it's silly to me that like the playoffs just don't matter for the MVP discussion. I get like maybe that weighs it too much. I don't know, but like I just I, I feel like it matters. And also like coach of the year and that stuff, because like Sean McVay was coach of the year in 2017 when Doug Peterson like clearly did a better job. I know. Like it's easy to just you could you maybe just give it to the whoever wins the Super Bowl you know every year in that case if you're in, including the postseason but anyway the point is we'll be doing it here um, if the NFL even if the NFL does not there you go so we'll have plenty to look back on with that I actually I can't even honestly like if you ask me who I gave my MVP and LVP points to last week I can't remember so I'm looking forward to. <laughs> seeing as we go through the entire season and what we find out and what that tells us about our thoughts as the year went along. That's going to do it for this edition of the Off Day Debrief brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Again, please rate, review, and follow the SB Nation NFL show. If you are listening to the show on Spotify, they added ratings and I think they added reviews too. So please, please, please give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. If you've gotten any value from our show at any point this year, Please return the favor just with a quick rating and a review. It goes a long way, and we really appreciate it. BLG, I noticed you were in a much better mood this week because the Eagles win. I like working with you when you're in a good mood. So congratulations on clinching the playoff spot, and I hope you wish my team luck this week in doing the same. Uh, Sure. Good luck, Stats. Boy, what a half-assed wish of good luck that was. Could you have put any less effort into that? Uh, no. (laughs) Okay, there you go. Enjoy your Tuesday, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.